0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms and today's episode is brought to us by Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls, an amazing podcast for kids that you need to know about, particularly in light of the fact that you might be spending a lot of time at home with your kids right now. My kids love listening to podcasts during their quiet time and this is one of their absolute favorites. It explores the lives of extraordinary real-life women in the form of fairy tales. Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls is a best-selling book series, and this podcast is an extension of that. Each episode features the story of a different female pioneer, creator, champion, leader, or warrior from history, and each episode is also narrated by an inspiring rebel woman who's changing the world today. Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls aims to give young listeners the courage to chase their dreams, and it is a true honor to partner with them. As a sponsor of three and 30 to inspire the little rebel girl or boy in your life go and find good night stories for rebel girls on your favorite podcast player and i'll also put a link in the show notes give it a listen this week with your kids while you're all at home together and then shoot me an email to let me know what you and your kids thought of it i'd also love to hear about some of your other favorite podcasts for kids we're always looking for more in our family Today on the show, we're going to be talking to one of my favorite rebel women who lives with courage and authenticity every day. This is episode 122, Five Things to Do When You Feel Like You're Going to Spontaneously Combust with Alison Faulkner. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Happy Monday, my friends. How is everyone holding up? It has been a crazy, crazy couple of weeks all over the world with the spreading of COVID-19 and the closures of schools and restaurants and Disney World and March Madness. But I don't have to tell you this. You all already know. In fact, I was thinking earlier this week that there are probably only a handful of people on this earth in super remote areas who haven't heard about the coronavirus and felt the effects in their daily lives. And in some ways, the entire world is grieving and processing this together, which is both super comforting and also very strange. So if you're anything like me, you have felt a wide range of emotions in the past week, going from feelings like, this too shall pass, it's all going to be okay, one moment, to like full-blown panic a few hours later. A few nights this week, I got thinking about how this is going to affect the economy and the world as we know it, and my heart was racing so uncontrollably, I couldn't fall asleep until like 3 a.m. So maybe that's why a post on Instagram from one of my friends and mentors really jumped out at me and caught my attention because the title was, Five Things to Do When You Feel Like You're Going to Spontaneously Combust. And I thought, yes, actually, that is how I feel right now. I feel like I might combust. And I knew I needed to get her on the podcast ASAP because we all need some serious coping tools right now. That post was written by none other than the Alison Faulkner, who you may know from her popular Instagram account, The Allison Show, or her top 100 ranked podcast, Awesome with Allison, where her entire goal is to help you feel a little more awesome each time you listen. Or maybe you don't know Allison from any of those more typical claims to her fame. Maybe you know her because her mom, Marilyn Faulkner, has been interviewed twice for 3 and 30 and is definitely a fan favorite. And you're going to see in this interview that Allison has just as much personality and wisdom as her mom. She's real and raw and 100% herself, which is what I admire most about her. She's a mother of three who's learned to manage her mental health through tenacious day-after-day effort and reading and therapy and thought work and soul work, and she's so generous to freely share with others what she's worked so hard to learn about herself, and it's an honor to have her on the podcast today. So, Allison, welcome to 3 and 30.
1: Oh, Rachel, you're so nice. Thank you. Um, I'm super happy to be here, and I mean... That's my favorite claim is that my mom on your podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I recently had someone say I'd never I'd actually never heard of Allison. I I found her through her mom's interview and I'm like Allison would love that hearing that. <laughs> it
1: it really is my favorite thing.
0: <laughs> and we have loved Marilyn's wisdom and we can't wait to hear yours and I just want to thank you for making time for this interview so fast. Like I said, I just read that a couple days ago, that post on Instagram, and I know you have a very full life, but when I reached out to you, you said, let's make it happen so that we can get this episode out there soon, because I know people are really hungry for some tools to use right now in this crazy time. So thank you for making the time.
1: Of course. Um, I love what you do. I love your podcast, and anything that any of us can do to help, I... I think it will be helpful for people to, to hear this is like, we have the virus. Like, have you heard about the virus? Like we, we, we have the virus happening. Um, but everybody still has life. Right. Everybody still has that uncomfortable argument they were having with their their partner or that awkward thing that was going on at work and now is being, you know, magnified or an uncomfortable situation or or a mortgage they were worried about. Or, you know, everybody has something and then this just exacerbated it. Right. Mm -hmm. And everybody is going to notice their numbing behaviors and they're going to start beating themselves up for it if people you know drink or or whatever your go-to numbing thing thing is that is going to rise to the surface
0: oh for sure and one thing that I love about your tips is you know you said five things to do yeah when you feel like you're going to combust there they really are actions you can take yeah five of your things which I love it's almost like a checklist that you can go down and say, okay, I'm feeling so anxious or so out of control. These are small things I can do right now to kind of manage what I'm feeling.
1: And I appreciate you saying that because I do suffer from anxiety and it's something I've really, really worked on for a lot of years. So all five of these things, they move in a progression that I am assuming you're having, you're, you're on the brink of an anxiety attack. You're in a state of depression. You're feeling like you said you're up till 3am with your mind racing. I'm coming at you from that place. You don't have to be all the way there. These tips are still going to help you. But I also want people to know like, you're not alone. That's a song. But um, <laughs> So should we dive into the tips?
0: Yes, let's just dive in. And there are five of them, which is unusual. You know, normally we do the three. So we're going to kind of try to move fast. Um, I thought about doing we could five and 50, three and 30. (laughs) But we're still going to see if we can get it in 30 minutes. So let's start with your first takeaway of something we can do when we're feeling that intense anxiety and discomfort like you described.
1: So good news, the first thing to do is to stop doing something, actually. And it is stop trying to not panic and just panic.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Where your energy flows, grows. And so when you are focusing on not panicking, you're just pushing down and pushing down and pushing down. When you're not letting yourself feel feelings and feel emotions. And again, I am talking about appropriate... like. I think it's great to not freak out on your kids. If you can, have I definitely freaked out on my kids? Absolutely. But rather than letting it explode, just give yourself time to feel. Mm. And we do not even know how to feel our feelings a lot of the time. Because people are like, how do you feel your feelings? And don't feel wrong or alone if you're like, wait, what do you even mean by that? So a good way to feel your feelings... Is to sit down with yourself and just focus on like a physical sensation and, and locate it in your body mm. and s- speak it out loud. You know, as we learn from Queen Goddess Brene Brown, things that we don't give voice to turn into shame, and that shame leads to more panic. And speaking it out loud, panicking, or just saying. I'm really upset. I'm really worried about this. This is really freaking me out. I can't stop thinking about this. I couldn't sleep last night. Talking to someone and saying, I need a freak out. This has nothing to do with you. Are you okay if I just, like, talk right now? Mm. And so just the first thing is guess what? Yes, there are so many people who are suffering and maybe you have so much to be grateful for, but your pain and disappointment is still valid. And you shoving your pain and disappointment down and down and down doesn't make you a compassionate more grateful person, it, it actually is keeping you centered on yourself because you're so worried about pushing your feelings in. Mm. And so really the mo- the most compassionate thing you can do is to work through your own feelings because when you're stuck inside them, you can't hold space for anybody
0: else. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Oh yeah. And I've heard you say, um, what we resist persists. Um, yes. and I think that's <laughs> so true. And as I thought about this, this um, takeaway of just let yourself panic, which is kind of counter the advice that we've been hearing, like stay calm, don't panic. But if you're saying, let yourself, let yourself get it out. I thought about when you're in the ocean and there's like a big wave coming. And if you stand there and you're like, I'm, I'm going to be strong. I'm not going to give into this emotion. That wave will just like pummel you over and like take you down. But if you dive into the wave, um, you're, you're okay. You know? And I thought about that with emotions. Like if you dive into the big emotion and you allow yourself to be part of it and to feel it in the end, it's going to be way better than if you refuse to accept it and you try to stand strong and tall against it. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, I, that's the most beautiful visual. I love that. And the, the, what I love about that visual is there is a way to have the feeling and to panic, and also keep a still, calm, observing part of yourself. It's really mm. going to, it's going to change the way you have emotion where that has become a goal of mine. It's like, okay, I'm watching myself get angry, but I'm watching myself get angry. I'm not just getting so angry that, right. And and when you can observe and be like, wow, hey, Rachel, like you're, you're really upset. Just talk to yourself in that loving voice. And we're spending the most time on this because mm-hmm. I think this is going to be the hardest for people. And if this one is going to give way to being able to do the other steps, we, we aren't meant to mitigate the emotion and shame ourselves from having – we're not robots. Like, this is unprecedented territory. If you need to freak out, observe yourself freaking out. Freak out. You're gonna like be able to get that emotion out without all the shame. If we're all doing the best we can. It sucks right now, but it's also really beautiful right now. Um, how united we are. And so yeah. So the first step is stop trying not to panic and just panic. And hopefully I've given you a lot of ways to help you panic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in in so a constructive nice in a constructive way, you know. Yes.
0: Perfect. And then what's your second step? What can we do to get to get out of our head? The
1: second one is is to move your body. You get out of your head and you move your body. The fastest way to, to, to change your physiological state is to move your body. And so this is not me telling you to exercise. This is not me telling you to get a run in. This is me telling you the actual physical action of jumping up and down, um, pacing back and forth. Yesterday, I actually had a huge anxiety, uh, like a huge anxiety outbreak. I, cause again, I've had other things happening other than just this. And then there was an earthquake in Utah mm-hmm. and collectively, um, everyone I've spoken to in Utah, that, that earthquake, it was a big earthquake. It was kind of a breaking point for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, we can't handle anymore emotionally. And then there was a, an earthquake. And, um, and, uh, when I find myself with that panic, um, I jump up and down and I pace back and forth um, and I do that until I feel like I can hold still and then allow myself to feel the emotion. So that's it. You just move your body. It doesn't have to be a run jumping up and down like that. Up and down motion. Take your arms, pump them, pump them, pump them, pump them. Repetitive motion can be very helpful and therapeutic. So who cares what you look like? Have your kids join in. Have a dance party. And I know it's so, so, so simple. And you're like, I've heard this before. You've heard it before, but do you employ it on a regular basis?
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) and the shift here that I love is that you're... I've heard before a lot, like, run, exercise, it's good for your mental health. But what I love that you're saying is... It's, you don't even have to do anything that quote big. It can be standing up and shaking your arms, you know, and, and jumping up and down. It can be a minute of movement just to get out of your brain and into your body again.
1: Yes. So even if you're in a state of real overwhelm and panic, you're going to spontaneously combust. Just challenge yourself to walk to the other side of the room.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Do you see what I'm saying?
1: And, and that's all, that's all it is. It doesn't have to be a hike up a mountain, but if you, if you want to do that, great. Going outside nature, go and like put your hands on the ground, like
0: physically just touch the ground. Mm. And one thing that you're known for, Allison, is your crazy dancing. Oh yeah. And that's all part of this. It's like part of your mental health strategy is moving your body and dancing and You ha- you have you know if people want to go check out your Instagram, they can dance with you. Yeah, and it it makes my day when I see you dancing in public places and challenging everybody to move it or lose it and so I wanted people to know that there's that resource there.
1: Thank you. So you move your body so you don't lose your mind which also brings us to tip number three which is laugh.
0: (laughs) Yes. Right? And I will admit I have I have gotten some good laughs from your dancing videos. Oh
1: good good and I am happy to be the sacrificial lamb. I feel totally fine about that. Um, The reason why laughing is so important is we, especially as adults, children are so much better about this, but as adults, we can get into a mindset where fear and love cannot exist or joy and sorrow cannot exist together and um, together. this actual, the sign, one of the main signs of emotional intelligence is being able to hold opposing thoughts at the same time. Um, mm. and so if you want to be more emotionally intelligent, <laughs> work on having faith um, and we're told you can't have faith in fear, eh, whatever, but like, you, right? Like it's okay to shift between the two. It's okay to have perfect faith in one moment and then have some fear in the next moment. We need joy and laughter If you're not there yet, that's okay, but it's also okay to sit down and watch four episodes of Arrested Development because it makes you laugh really hard. Yeah. Right? Or, like, seek out, like, try to remember movies that make you laugh. Try to remember, like, memes, and I I have a great group of friends that have just been sending ridiculous text messages, you know, about toilet paper shortages, and... Just because we're laughing doesn't mean we're not also all crying. Yeah. Right. And so just, just, just remember that you can have concern and compassion for everyone around you, and you can also have love and joy and happiness. Um, they all exist in a nice, round human experience.
0: Yes. And it's <laughs> so true that we as adults, stop believing that we can be both. We stop believing like the and, and and that's when we start shaming ourselves and judging ourselves. Yes. Like, how can I be, how can I be so, you know, disappointed that this event got canceled? Um, when there's all of this pain in the world, you know, like we, we think that we have to be one or the other, like we can't be grateful and disappointed at the same time when really yeah. we can yeah. be, we can be, Yes. <laughs> you can I be am. both at once. I, am. I, I love that you mentioned that quote, you know, because I think about that quote a lot, faith and fear cannot coexist at the same time. And yeah, that's not true. <laughs> like, uh, you can have sometimes the biggest act of faith is moving forward while you feel fear. They can coexist yes. at the same time. All yes. uh, all feelings can.
1: Yes, they can and they do and they will. And I notice that I really will move from, wow, it's going to be okay and I can clearly see how it's going to be okay to I can't, like, I, I feel so anxious. And so in those times of uncertainty, I go, you know, but... Remember how you felt like an hour ago, like maybe I write it down. I try to, when I'm in those positive places, speak it out loud more. That's why gratitude journals and gratitude practices um, are so important because you're Speaking, just like I told you to panic um, and say those things, speak them out loud, speaking the good out loud, sharing it with someone, retelling a story of something that really solidified your faith or how you you see God's hand or how you see a bigger picture at play. Saying those things out loud and sharing them is going to help you remember them in the panicking times, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's why it's just as important to let out the negative emotion, but to not only let out the negative emotion, let out the laughter, let out the, the fun stories, because speaking them out loud and getting them out in the open is how you're going to remember that they exist, yes. right?
0: <laughs> totally. Just accepting that it's okay to feel lots of different things all at the same time is really powerful and helps you to stop judging yourself.
1: And it brings us to step number four, mm-hmm. because I feel like when you're going to spontaneously combust, for me, in my experience, and I don't want to speak like I'm more of an expert than I am, but I, I do study it a lot, um, is meditation after you've done one of those other things I said you should do. Mm. <laughs> so, so if you feel like you're going to spontaneously combust, I don't, I'm not at a point yet where I can sit down and meditate, um, in that extreme Like, I'm like, oh, meditation is going to go, I'm going to go take it like a pill and it's going to help me where I sit quietly with my thoughts and, and right. Like I need to have a release of some sort, which is laughed, move your laugh, move your body, panic, those other three. And then I think moving into some sort of meditative practice, then it's super valuable Mm. because you've had the release You've given yourself some space. um, But like I said, trying to like take it almost like as an anti-anxiety pill, that's not how it works for me personally.
0: (laughs) That's so good. uh,
1: What's your your experience with meditation? I
0: just, I completely agree with that. Like it doesn't, so often we hear we'll meditate to, to manage your anxiety, but until you've had that release before, the meditation just feels frantic and like not effective and kind of impossible before (laughs) before you sort of get some of that energy out. And it reminds me of like in elementary school, if you were playing kickball or something and somebody drilled a kickball at you super hard, you could you can't like catch it, but if you like bounce it up first and then it comes down slower, then you can catch it. And I've thought about that sometimes. You are so
1: good with visuals. You're so good at visual. Uh, oh, I love that. But I'm like you are- sometimes
0: you have to like bounce the emotion up a little bit. Like it's coming, yes. like it's drilling at you at full speed and you need to like move your body or go for a walk or laugh or something to get to bounce it up, but then you do let it come back, then you can hold on to it, you know, after when it comes back I, down.
1: Oh, That is such a good visual. And so some of my favorite I think another thing to think of is some of my favorite meditative practices definitely challenge yourself to set a timer on your phone for five minutes. I like to do it in my car is actually my favorite place. Um, cause even if I'm just like hiding in my driveway, it's a little more secluded. I set a timer in my car, um, and do maybe a more traditional meditative practice where, um, I'll breathe in, a, an intention or a feeling like love. And then I might breathe out peace. Like that's a really easy beginner one, but Really, you can have a meditative practice while you do the dishes. You can have a meditative practice while you're taking a shower. What that would look like, to give you an example, is maybe while I'm washing the dishes, I pay attention to all of the physical feelings of the water, of the soap, Mm -hmm. of the... Plates of the hardness of glass versus metal. Um, And that is just bringing you into the present moment. Um, And then another thing that I love to do is a gratitude practice. And the way that I do gratitude practices very often is um, I have guided audio gratitude practices and I've shared, I think there's like three or four of them on my podcast. Yeah, we'll link those. And so thank you. But I have them for, I have one for loving your body. That I think would be very beautiful to do at this time. I just posted one on my Instagram that's only six minutes long. Um, so especially when you're in a frantic, spontaneously combust mode, having an, a guided audio, somebody talking to you can be a nice jumping off point.
0: Mm, yes.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. You might not be in a place to just be in your head by yourself all by yourself and having a guided audio I find is very, very helpful. I am no shame. I will straight up listen to my own audio because even me in a calm present state is helpful to me mm. when I'm in a frantic state and I'll listen to it and I'll be like, oh, who is this girl? She's so smart. I'm going to listen to her. <laughs> like, <laughs> And, and then after I do something guided audio, that might be enough. I might feel better or you know then maybe i have some quiet time for myself because i don't want to overlook that the most important benefit of meditation is to be able to sit in your own presence
0: mm. yes it's true
1: <laughs> which can be really really difficult and you know 1 minute is better than nothing 2 minutes is better than nothing it doesn't have to be a 30 minute you know session give yourself just a little breadcrumb you know just a, just a little yeah button.
0: yeah <laughs> Oh, that's so good. And then what is your fifth takeaway or fifth step for us?
1: Hopefully this is going to really tie it all together for everybody because to me the fifth takeaway is the reason um, other than, you know, taking care of ourselves, which really, really truly is the most compassionate thing we can do is to take care of ourselves. Um, And the reason it's compassionate to take care of ourselves is because the fifth step is reach out and help. Once you're a tad calmer, once you're not going to spontaneously combust, we did all of this work, not just so you could feel a little more awesome than you did before. The ultimate way to feel a little more awesome is to then take it and share it. Mm. And I think so often we feel like we need help in big ways, in showy ways, um, or, you know, we get caught up in all the right ways to help, but really the best way for me that I have found to help is to be able to get to that quiet place and then to ask, who can I serve today? Mm. Who can I support today? Um, And if I don't think of somebody immediately or something doesn't come to mind, I set the intention of um, throughout the day, I'm going to come back and see if I feel some sort of inspiration, if I feel some sort of guidance or flow because I really, really believe that I will be guided that an idea will come to my mind but it can't come to me if I'm going to spontaneously combust it can't come to me in a frantic state
0: and that's what I feel like in with all of these takeaways I feel like what's powerful is that the order matters yeah because we all hear like it get outside yourself and help others and that'll help your anxiety like we've heard that a million times yeah but what you point out here is Do the other things first so that you can be in a place to do that and then reach out and help. Because when you try to reach out and help before you're in a good place yourself, a lot of times it doesn't make you feel better. It makes you feel more depleted.
1: It is an actual impossibility and people can argue with me all they want. You cannot give what you don't have. If you do not have understanding and love and compassion for yourself, you cannot give it as fully.
0: Yeah, well, and I think that reaching out—the reason why it is so powerful for our own souls—is that it leads to connection. Yes, it reminds us that we're not alone. It connects us to other humans, and that can be as simple as like I—I thought yesterday, I'm like I need to make a big list of friends that I haven't connected with, like in some of them a few years because Mm. of how busy we've both been and I should just go through and call one friend every day and connect with them and reach out to them and see how they're doing and that will do so much for my soul to remind like to to have this common humanity with people I love it's a simple way of reaching out but it will make a big difference hopefully to both of us
1: and like yesterday my sister called me and she FaceTimed and normally I'm like I'm I gotta get other things done let's not FaceTime Mm -hmm. and I was like No, like, I need to look at her face. I need to look into her eyes. I need to have that connection right now. We're so you know, blessed to have FaceTime. And I love the shift of the paradigm this is creating for social media where rather than a tool of comparison and separation, I feel like it's really being used as a tool of unity and community right now. And Mm -hmm. I love seeing people showing up, sharing their skills and talents online. And that's, and that's, I shared this list. I, I was about to spontaneously combust And I grabbed my, my phone writing for me is very helpful. I grabbed my phone and I was like, here's, here's what I know to be helpful. And I literally just in a flow state wrote this list and then I didn't think about getting it designed or sharing it perfectly or how I should share it. I just threw it up on my Instagram, Mm. you know, and, and look, it helped you. And now hopefully it's going to help a lot of other people, um, because of that great tool for connection.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. And I did want to read, um, something you said in your post before we end, you said, whether it's the state of the world, the virus, or worry about loved ones or making ends meet, that's causing your insides to feel like a beehive, or whether it's just something you're dealing with and processing on top of all of this. If you feel like you just can't handle all of the feelings this list of five tools is what I do and what's helping me. So I hope it can help some of you too. We're all going to need to show up for each other, which means needing to get ourselves in a mentally healthy or healthish place. And I just love that because healthish, I'm, I laughed because yeah. we're not going to be 100% mentally stable all no, the time. But if no, we can be in no. a healthish place, we can really um, make it through this time and be there for each other. And, and these five actions of things that we can do will get us there. So Allison, thank you so much for coming on and sharing the, these tips with us.
1: It's an honor. Thank you for having me. I love the work you do. You're doing such amazing work and you're so smart. I love learning from you.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. And can you tell everyone where, um, what, what you offer and, and where they can find your work and particularly if there's an aspect of it that you think would be especially helpful to people right now?
1: Yeah, um, so The Allison Show with one L on Instagram, but also my podcast, Awesome with Allison. You're a podcast listener, so you you like listening to podcasts. Um, I cannot even begin to tell you how many of my episodes are applicable because I, I deal in this panicked state a lot. So a lot of my episodes, we have an episode, episode 46, How to Navigate a New Normal. We have, I think it's episode 14 and 15, we talk about how to do a gratitude practice. And so my podcast has a lot of audio tools. I have pep talks um, that I think, you know, because you are in the habit of doing audio work, it will be really easy um, for your audience, Rachel, to just hop on over to Awesome with Allison, Allison with 1L.
0: Perfect. And I'll link some of those um, those episodes in the show notes thank so people you. can know where to get started right away if they need some support. So thank you again for that. your time, Allison, and for being on 3 and 30. I'm very grateful to Allison for coming on the show to teach us five steps we can take when we're feeling overwhelmed by anxiety or stress. And remember, the order matters. Use steps one, two, and three to get into a mental space where you can do steps four and five. And as a reminder, those five steps are, first, stop trying not to panic and just panic. (laughs) Allow yourself to feel all the big emotions that are looming instead of stuffing them down and pushing them away. Second, get out of your head by moving your body. And the simplest form of movement totally counts pump your arms, jump up and down, bust out a few dance moves. Anything to release that pent-up anxiety inside. Third, laugh. Remember that seemingly contradictory emotions can and do coexist. You can hold fear and faith, sadness and laughter all at the same time. Fourth, now that you've released some of that anxious energy through steps one, two, and three, you can meditate. And remember that this can be as simple as a one-minute breathing practice or a guided audio, or even just being really present with your physical sensations as you do your dishes. And fifth and finally, reach out and help someone else. Make a connection, get outside of yourself, and do it from a place of inner peace, not spontaneous combustion. I know these five simple steps will have profound implications for our mental wellness, And if you struggle with anxiety or stress, I would like to invite you to write these down somewhere visible and use them sort of as a checklist when you start to feel combustion coming on. I also think this would be a really valuable checklist to teach your children if they're grappling with big emotions that they don't know what to do with. You could make a checklist for them. My friends, my heart is with you as we all navigate this strange time in our world I plan to produce episodes of 3 and 30 that I hope will be especially helpful to you during this specific crazy time, and if you have any topic suggestions, please let me know. I'm rooting for you, I love you, and I hope you have a peaceful week with your family.